1: Welcome to another edition of Advantage Connors. And boy, do we have something special in studio today. One of our favorite guests of all time, actor, comedian, and Jimmy's hiking partner, Dennis Miller, joins us today. Let's check it out.
0: We have a special guest here. And first of all, I'm going to start out that I'm a fan. And a fan for many years. Uh, he's done stand-up, TV, movies. He's got his own podcast, sports commentator, uh, uh, that's enough. Okay, he says. I'm just going to say my hiking buddy, Dennis Miller. <laughs> that's the Dennis. thing I'm most proud of. <laughs> well, welcome to well, the. Well, I we used to, to go.
2: We used to go so often, but then this uh, weird quarantine came down. But we we were going pretty, maybe four or five days a week there for a while, turning into grumpy old men together, but aerobically <laughs> fit grumpy old men,
0: right? You know, but you health know, conscious. You, yeah, you know, you know the the fun part of it, and and uh, you know, for me, it's it was. Uh, uh, mind clearing. Uh, and, and, I'd come back and, and I, uh, Brett would say, you know, how was the hike? And I'd say, I'm good. Uh, you know, so, you know, uh, what'd you talk about? Oh, well, you know, sometimes we, you know, I tell him sometimes we didn't, but you know, our conversations are so natural. Yeah. They're cathartic. Yeah.
2: Listen, uh, I, I met you later in life. We bumped heads up here a few times, or I don't mean bumped heads in a contentious way, bumped into each other, but over the last couple years, uh, I find you one of the least full of shit people I know. So I admire that. In a world where people the coin of the realm, are we allowed to swear in here? Oh yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Yes. Please. Well,
2: I'm yeah, just saying, you know, you're a basic guy. I kind of know your drill. I grew up in Pittsburgh. I know where you're from. I kind of Listen, I, I I like to tra- I like to get a nice table too, but show business crap in away and I get the feeling that uh you understand the vagaries of the world fame is an odd thing at one point it's kind of a frivolous thing that matters
0: but it really doesn't matter and when we go out and talk I like how candid you are did you uh, d- did you expect that or understand that when you first broke in
2: well you know when I left Pittsburgh I do remember and you know we can talk about my mom but uh, I'm just saying my mom passed when she was a uh, 70 God bless her but I do remember her giving me so many gifts when I went out the door to go to LA I remember saying, uh, Mom, I'm going to go give this comedy thing a try. My mom was like the most basic Pittsburgh tape. Sounds like Gloria in a way, where she was like, put good stuff in me. And she said, all I ask is you don't become an asshole. (laughs) 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 And I thought, so many times through the years when I've been sitting in rooms in Hollywood, you know, some of these pitch sessions, you're dealing completely in the ethereal. You're sitting there with people who are, Big Dreamers, and you wonder how they get through their day, quite frankly, they miss it so much and uh there be times when I'd be getting sucked into this black hole of uh you, you know like hope's dreams this is what we're going to do, we love each other, and I'd
0: think don't become an asshole Dennis." so my it
2: stayed with me what my mom said when
0: when you uh, when you first broke in i mean you're you're heroes uh you know we we talk a lot, but if you had uh, one person to, to say that you know, you know, was a great influence on you. Who was that? Well, as a boy before... by Bella. <laughs> there Bella, The dog just split the scenery. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, She's got to get lunch.
2: <laughs> well, somebody's, somebody's got to work, somebody's got to eat. Um, when I was a kid, the first guy who I remember watching and thinking, well, there's two guys. Uh, one was a local guy in Pittsburgh named Chili Billy Cardilly. He hosted the this, this Creature Feature on... Uh, Saturday night. And as a little kid, I used to sit there and delight in that. Two kind of scary movies, and he would host it. You know, know, there's always a local guy. And years later, they did an evening of my stuff at the Museum of Broadcasting. They wanted to show stuff of me, and they asked me who my big influence was. And I said, well, there's a guy in Pittsburgh named Chili Billy Cardilli. I'd never met him. He sent me a letter, and he said, geez, I, I didn't know even... Uh, had uh, I don't think we've ever met, but I got a call from the Museum of Broadcasting asking me for some clips of my show. Oh, really? And That's so awesome. it, it was kind of sweet that my hero when I was a little boy. Then Jonathan Winters when I was a little boy. I remember uh, he used to have a weekly show. I don't even know how long it lasts. But at the end of the show, they would throw him an item and he would improv with it. And I just found that so joyous that he didn't know in my little head. Maybe, maybe he did is it later now that I know showbiz a little bit. I'd think, oh, he just made all that up right there. And I remember one night they threw him a huge tire truck inner tube. Uh, and he bent it in half so it looked like a huge pair of lips. And he stuck his head out and said, this is my impression of Jonah inside the whale. Oh, And he stuck his head out. And, <laughs> and I remember as a little kid just rolling around saying, ah. <laughs> Now, you know, we've met Jonathan, or right. God rest he's his a soul. But yeah, he's, he's our a neighbor. A he's a neighbor. Yeah. Right. So years later, much like when I'm hiking with you, and I think, just can't believe this is Connors, but when I'd sit there and have breakfast with Jonathan, and he'd do all those wow. weird characters. And I'd say to him, do you remember doing that, the inner tube thing? And he said, nah. And I thought, sometimes it's more important to the little kid watching than it is actually to the guy doing it. Because he didn't right. remember that, but it stuck in my head. Then I'd say as a, a, a working comedian at the beginning, uh, Leno. Just because Jay was, a, he's built sort of like us. He's, he's, I find Jay amazingly funny. He's super quick. But he's also a working man's hero, you know. He used to look at me, I'd always say, Jay, how do
0: I? And he'd say, shut up, tell joke, get check. Right. Uh,
1: <laughs> you know, well, that thing. Not bad. And right? I'd always say, thank you.
0: <laughs> well, uh, you, you guys were close because didn't, didn't he find you your first place? Yeah, uh, in L.A. Yeah, yeah he got I you remember, your first apartment.
1: Uh,
2: yeah, it was weird because it was like, a, it was right on the corner where Biggie ended up getting shot. Uh, oh, Fairfax wow. and Wilshire. There's an auto museum there. I think he got... But at the, I'm just saying that's what it's become, oddly. But back then, it was just this apartment, and I remember going down the hallway, and it's an introduction to fame, but it, it also, like, uh, reminds you that fame is fleeting. I'm in a bad apartment my first time in L.A. that Jay set up for me, and my neighbor is sitting across the hall. I go down the hall. He's smoking a joint at a dinette table, and it's uh, the cat from Elf. Uh, the older guy from Elf, there used to be a puppet show right, on ages, right. ages ago. Mm-hmm. And it was so that's funny. That's going where, back a few you know, years I was like, not. wow, that's the guy from Elf. And <laughs> he goes like, I got nothing. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> but it's just funny to me that here, my first day in L.A., and I'm meeting a guy who's in the business, and he's sitting in
0: the same bad apartment building I am. Did, did when when you went into and in saw all that at the first, were, were you open minded to all that, or, or were, was that? Yeah, I
2: was never a, a big experimenter, but uh, no, I wasn't a whiner about it. People could do their own thing.
0: No, uh, no, I mean about about that life, about who you were going to meet, and and you know what, what it was going to take. And uh, did you were were you hesitant, or, or did you just want to go right in?
2: Um, I was I, I, I t- wrote some jokes, and I saw a guy that I sold the jokes to, tell him on the Tonight Show. I was sitting in a bad apartment in Pittsburgh, and this cat made Johnny Carson laugh. And uh, that was as simple as my need for fame was, or whatever, celebrity. I said, I've got to become the conduit for those jokes, right. or this is going to kill me. I'm sitting in a cramp apartment. This guy just put Carson's head down on the desk. <laughs> I, I, no matter how much I'm afraid of it, i got to try it, because this will kill me more than failing will kill me. So that was it. It, it wasn't any... Listen, I never hustled. I got more than I ever thought. At the beginning, I remember thinking, go out there and become a working comedian and see what happens. I didn't have any delusions about it. I always had a pretty pragmatic approach to show business. Maybe that was growing up in Pittsburgh. I always uh, viewed it as like a lily pond, and I never saw the far shore. I just wanted to stay dry and find the next lily pad. So that was my approach to show business. Not hesitant. Because God knows, once you move from Pittsburgh to LA, you're not being that hesitant or reticent. You're trying it, but I never thought, oh, I've got to plant the flag on Everest. I always thought, man, let me get up to the fourth base camp, boil some water with the Sherpas, and stay in the <laughs> sleeping bag.
0: That uh, sounds pretty good. You, yeah, you, you, I'm okay. <laughs> that's not so bad. You you talk about Pittsburgh, and and uh, I, I used to uh, get around that area quite a bit, and and because uh, I played team tennis. Yeah, Venus was Venus. Right. Yeah. That, yeah, that's right. That was and his when, town. <laughs> and, uh, and did you ever go out and watch uh, oh, sure. some of the matches, and did you? Trust me, uh, it was Kenny Roswell, and uh had that backhand.
2: I can still think of that backhand in the way I can think of that Joe DiMaggio swing. You ever see that photo oh, yeah. where they take the picture from the, the batting circle, and it's just perfect, or Ted Williams swing, mm-hmm. perfect. Uh, and I can still remember Kenny Roswell. With that
0: back, I mean, some good, uh, some good fun, some good talent. It was just
2: beautiful. But trust me, the main reason we were all gone was Rainy Fox. I I, I always wondered if Venus was uh, dabbling because she was like, (laughs) uh, she was so
0: (laughs) cute, and Uh, we were young guys. We oh, Rainy, she was something. Yeah, she was. And and she could play tennis too, which uh, which made it even better. Yeah, she, she was, was a dog. gamer, man. She was She's a dog. like
2: Carling Bassett, like a little alive live thing who you kinda had to kill you know what I mean? They yeah. they were gonna run stuff down and stuff like
0: that. You know, I, I think I think we're in a bit of a problem here better because he knows the stuff. Yeah. He, it Sounds know, like I mean, it yeah. He's going back, he knows <laughs> the, he knows the players, he knows their game, he knows their attitude. <laughs> That's good. You know, which is which is I great, remember right.
2: dropping a Peaches Barkowitz reference on you on our high courts and stop I couldn't, for a second. I what, couldn't what are you talking it? about? I couldn't believe
0: from Hamtramck, Michigan. Oh, well, I didn't know the uh, town, oh my but God. I remember features of Rosie Cassell's. It's so good. It's so good. So, uh, uh your 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 first break. What what was um What was Well, I
2: tell you what, I was living uh in New York and I was broke. Really broke. I mean, Uh, suitably broke. I think it should be broke at the beginning. (laughs) It certainly lights a fire when you got nothing. Great. And uh, there was a Playboy humor writing competition where you had to submit like 15 jokes, caption pictures, caption cartoons, write some jokes. And I got a $500 check, and they said I finished second in the country. And my picture was in Playboy. And this was just when you're wondering if you're living completely in dreamland when you write something funny. You know, you've never. Right. And I thought, wow. How old were you? I must have been right out of college. Uh, this what am I? Sixty six now. Must have been thirty five years ago, forty years, something like that. And uh, I must have been in my mid twenties, mm-hmm. I guess. And I remember saying, "Oh, maybe you can write." So I kept writing. And then I met a comedian named Kelly Monteith, who I went to see perform. Lovely guy. Asked to see him afterwards for 10 minutes, you know, and I always think back on that. You know, a guy wants to get out of there for him okay. to say, comes back. I tell him I'd like to do it, and he just gives me some uh, pat on the back and gives me a little confidence, so it, it's step by step. And uh, then that was a big thing when I saw that guy doing jokes, I sold him. And, uh, you know, I wasn't angry at him. It was a common transaction, 25 juxta- uh, bucks a joke, but he did two of them, and I thought, okay, I've got to become the guy. And then for a while I, I, I it was so hard, Jimmy, I don't know about it, when you were starting out Chris. I remember you telling me about playing uh, the you're in armories playing on slidey cement floors. Uh, you yeah, know what I mean it's which, rough at the beginning yeah, it's it it, It's where half the vigorish comes later because you know people always go oh of course he can say that he's a tennis player he's a good comedian you know you always think yeah pal it was the strip clubs and right. uh, sliding around on armory floors and stuff like that all that heavy lifting but I didn't whine about it because I remember thinking nobody's got a gun to your head don't do this if you don't want to do it if you're going to do it shut up right. get on the road go to bad clubs and get better so you can get out of there
0: yeah, it's, it's interesting you say that because going back, everybody always sees the, the raising of the check after you win the tournament mm-hmm. or, you know, after you have a successful uh, uh, evening at stand-up or what. They always see that. They don't yeah. understand what you...
2: They don't see it, the tiny bounce checks along the way right. <laughs> while you're trying to buy food and stuff. You right. know, but it, it makes it, uh, for me, it always made it more ethical when I did get something. Because I thought, all right, I ate it for a while. Uh, Nobody gifted me anything, and
0: uh, I like that feeling. Yeah, but you love. Yeah, I was just going to say, you got to, you know, in your heart, you feel that, you know, you've put everything into it, and and you know, make it or not. You know, there, there's no harm in failing. Okay. The only harm is not trying. I guess, right?
2: Listen, you can win Davis Cup eventually, but you got to run for oranges for a while, at least with the Austin team. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, re- I read a book about uh, Labor, ouch, and he such. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, there's this, you got to run for the yeah, oranges. That's, that's right. a, you think about Labor and those cats. Uh, was, you know Staly and all those guys are coming in and hanging their street clothes on a hook getting into their whites right. going out and playing in like 140 degree heat with flies the size of pterodactyls and labor's <laughs> gig is to run and get
0: oranges for them yeah, so but, uh, you love that that passion though you know you can't beat that I guess in, in anything whether it's comedy or sports or, or acting or whatever yeah. if you've got that that's something special I feel
2: privileged I was called to anything you know, there are a lot of brilliant, great people who go through life and either have their life diverges and takes them away from their calling. I feel that I, I was young, I didn't have anything going on anywhere else, and all of a sudden I found out that I like to write jokes. You know, that's a good stuff like that makes me. Uh, uh, that- gives me a reason to believe in god or something i'm sorry i'm a believer but some people aren't nowadays but i am and i always think my god what a gift he gave me to uh, present some small talent that i was able to hone and i dug doing jimmy what what, it's the mother look brett you you go to work in your life and they they give you green rectangles for doing something that makes you smile to begin with Mm -hmm. what are you kidding me In you a world, gun, in a world that's brutal, in a world where it's completely unrequited, that life is tough. Wear a cup; it's a contact sport to get to make some green rectangles off what you dig doing. The biggest blessing, yeah, yeah your kids and wife, right? Yes, yeah. so, well, well, and,
1: and you yeah. get to do it kind of talking shit about that world a little bit. Like, you get to be a social critic, being a comic and, you know, doing what you did on SNL, where you get to, like, point out the things that yeah, you Yeah, I try to
2: remember when I was a comic before that, and I don't think I was a social critic. I, it was more mindless stuff. Yeah. You know, just... But once you get that gig, yeah. you're lucky to get any sort of space in their head, and they think of you as a topical comedian. Kind of, I never... You know, people always say, did you want a good pigeonhole? Yeah, I'm glad they pigeonholed me as anything. Right. What? There's like a 100,000 people trying this. How many get out of the, how many get off the pad? They're mm-hmm. talking about Two, you, right? three. I mean, I, I was happy to do whatever they
0: wanted. Talk about uh, uh, Saturday Night Live. Talk well, about. Uh, like Bolletieri's camp. Brutal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how did you get? It? Just
2: tough. Uh, uh, yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah, sure. And uh, favorites, all that. Uh don't whine. That's my big remembrance of that. Don't be a whiner. Uh, shut up. You've got to be on Saturday night. You can whine your way through the week and make it all drama. You can shut up and write jokes. If you're not funny for two to three weeks, you're either going to be co-hosting the news or not hosting the news. Man, it gave me rhino skin. I went in there, I believe, a, a bit of a pussy, and I came out. I was... Stealed in the fire. That is a tough gladiator camp, man. And I dug it. I don't want to make it sound like all Sturm and Drang. You can't believe you're on Saturday Night Live, but nobody wants to hear your problems. Right. We go on at 1130 Friday. You've got 10 minutes, Dennis. Uh, you've got to introduce two guests, so you're down to six. How funny you want to make those six, because if they're not funny enough, you don't have six anymore. So mm-hmm. I, it, it steeled me. And uh, uh, the group that you were on with. Talk about that. Killers. Well, the first year was weird. We had a, it was like the St. Valentine's Day massacre the first year, and it was with very talented people. But I don't know that they mixed. Randy Quaid was on. Randy was a genius. So funny. And a great actor. Robert Downey Jr. became the biggest star in the world. Anthony Michael Hall from mm. 16 <laughs> Candles and all that stuff. Um, Joan Cusack, who ended up being nominated for an Oscar. You're talking about Ed Denitra Vance, Terry Sweeney, the first openly gay guy on Saturday Night Live. We had a good crew, but it was, listen, man, you need that Tinker's Devers to Chance thing, turning the double play or something. You need cohesion. There's got to be somebody who sets the table for Joe Morgan and Johnny Bench in the three-and-four hole. You know, there's got to be guys, who Davey Concepcion and cats right. who get on, mm-hmm. and we didn't quite have that. So a bunch of guys, it was a bloodbath at the end of the first season. I think they kept Lovitz and I and Nora Dunn. But mm. then the second season, all of a sudden, uh, Lorne gets more actively involved again. He takes it back from Franken and Davis, who were the producers in my season. Lorne was there, but more in an executive producer, guys, that first season. Lorne takes over. All of a sudden, I'm seeing Phil Hardman. Mm. I'm seeing Dana Carvey. Right. Halfway through the season, you're seeing Mike Myers, who's this mm. kid. Uh, then you're seeing Jan Hooks. And mm. you're just thinking, man... He's turning this into the 27 Yankees. This is murderer's rope. I, I, the first time I saw Phil, I remember it was an audition, and Lauren liked us to be in the audition. Now, listen, I was a comedian who t- told jokes and did update. I tried to stay out of the sketches because I'm okay at it, but i that's not, not my forte. Plus, you have to stand around and block for four hours in the sketch, and you're never going to be the lead guy in the sketch. I just wasn't that good at it. So I dodged them. I'd go around to writers and say, "Get me out of that, man. I just want to. I want a DH here. I want to pick a rock song. I want to kick updates ass. Stay out of the way. And, you know, do it that way." Right. So that second year when uh, Phil came in, they've got me sitting there making judgment calls on these guys auditioning, and I watched Phil Hartman's audition. I just said to Laura, I said, I can't sit here, Laura. I said, this feels, I shouldn't be in judgment of this cat. This cat's a genius. right? Yeah, You know, Phil had eight minutes. He had like four characters. They were all locked in tight. They weren't all famous impressions, you know, which is a little easier to do, you know, to do a character that's fully formed where you feel like you're watching an impression of a, a persona you've yet to meet, but no kind of... The, that was genius. And then right after him, Lorne like, said, oh, quit being just, just... Stay and watch, Dennis. Carvey comes in. And Carvey's like, wow, isn't that special? I go, Lauren, I'm feeling an idiot. I can't <laughs> stay here. So I split. And he's like, go ahead then, quit whining. But I just said, I, I don't feel right telling you what I think of these guys.
0: Yeah, but that, that kind of laid the, the groundwork for, you know, from... When was that? 85?
2: You know, Jimmy, it, honest to God, I don't even know.
0: Probably I something mean, like 86, or something, seven, eight, seven, eight, something five, like
2: something that. Something like that. You know, my kids asked me when I was on, you know, or, and I know I was on for six years. I know it was in the 80s, but I don't... You know, I'm one of those guys, when I got it, I didn't... I, I was so uh, into doing it well that I kind of missed some of the... Uh, Sign
0: <laughs> I, I was in there, brother, I was shoveling coal into a speeding train, man, just right. trying to keep it going. No, but but my, my point, though, Dennis, was, I mean, all those guys that you were with kind of laid the, you know, the the path and the groundwork for what was to come. Killers. That's yeah. killers.
2: I mean, listen, everybody, I, I know Billy and uh, Danny love their cast, as they should. I love that cast. I'm sure Will Ferrell and yeah, everybody yeah. loves them. but I'm telling you. I look back to be in there with Lovitz and Carvey and Myers and Phil and Jan. and Right. Those are some killers, man.
1: Hartman was, I love Hartman. I'm a huge Hartman fan.
2: He was, uh, he used to keep a binder. By the way, um, Phil was such a renaissance man. He, he could do anything he put his head to. He did a lot of famous album covers. If you've ever seen Steely Dan's Asia, he was the photo oh, yeah. artist mm-hmm. on there. and wow. Poco and America. He was a great graphic artist. Um, and uh, he used to keep a binder, like that classic grade school binder with the tabs that are yellow, blue, green. <laughs> he was in like 13 things, man. And, uh, you know, he had to keep it all organized. Now, they'd cut after dress. There's a dress show, hour break real show, and mm-hmm. they'd cut things. But going into dress, he'd be sometimes being 12 to 13 sketches. <laughs> and I'd watch his notes. He'd open up and, you know, it would have little definitions of the character, where he could score, where a facial thing, where a voice inflection. Wow. i just sit there and go, all right, I'm just going out like Larry Mahan and the Brahma Bull. You know, tie me in. I'll try to do eight seconds. Boom, 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 right. boom. feels like a CIA set. It's like, you know, the day of the jackal.
0: So... That's awesome. I mean that. Yeah, I mean, to, uh, and uh, he just passed, correct? No, well, Phil's been gone He's for a been long gone time. For a while. He had died on. Very yeah.
2: sadly, uh, life's a motherfucker. But uh, all I know is, I have a picture in my office of him. When I look at it, I could still howl. But, because he was, what did he tell me once? Uh, he said to me, he was so into nuance, and uh, we did a sketch one night. This is Phil in a nutshell. Out of all the things he did that were so broadly funny. Uh, he told me his favorite moment once was this sketch we did called Teeny Cafe. And the premise of it, it was so exclusive, there was only room for seven or eight people in it. And the set was built, so it was very tight. And Lovitz was at the piano. He was noodling, because John could play. And all the seven people were usually tertiarily famous types from New York are an actual famous type. Phil sits in one week, he's Halston, and he looks just like Halston. I don't know if you remember that clothes designer. He has sort of an orange suit on. Phil kind of looks like a double form. And he's talking to Nora Dunn, and they've they've got (laughs) cigarettes, and they're very into that Studio 54 sort of (laughs) intelligentsia vibe. And Lovitz is noodling. He's playing Sonheim, Send in the clouds. and Phil's there, watch this, watch this. This, this, this is funny. And so he's talking to Liza and uh, Nora as Liza and Lovitz goes, "Uh, isn't it gay? And Phil like, looks over his shoulder. like like Lovitz is on to him? That's all it was, was just a little like, what? (laughs) And uh, he's, he said, that's that's funny to me. And I said, Phil, you do caveman lawyer, you do so many things that are usually funny. But just that little tick where he thinks he's been outed made made him laugh so hard. <laughs> funny.
0: He's uh, You you uh, stay in touch with a lot of your friends for back there? I talk
2: to Carvey as much as I talk to you. Really? Yeah. How good is that? And uh, John, a little less. Let me see, who else did I talk to? Spade, you know, he was a little young Uh it wasn't my traditional cast. I haven't talked to Mike in years, uh, Myers. Uh, poor Jan has uh, passed. Yeah. And uh, Victoria and Nora, not as bad. I talked to Nora sometime in the last year. But you know what it is? It's like a life in the bunker. We fall back into step with each other pretty quickly because that right. place is like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you become fast friends when you're in. incoming, man. And right. that place is constant incoming.
1: Yeah, did you get a chance to be there with Farley at all? Did you guys yeah, overlap? Yeah, I knew Chris. Yeah. Uh,
2: you know, he's always so deferential with me. I think I only spent a year with Chris, but I do remember uh, being at a place called Roseland.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
2: like a dance hall in New York. I was with Carvey, and uh, this huge whirlwind comes flying down the stairs. We're sitting downstairs, and just lays out like that Matt Foley guy going onto a coffee table. <laughs> he just like dives on our table, knocks everything over. I look at Carve, and go, who the fuck is that? And Carly says, it's the new fat guy on the show. <laughs> 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 now you can't say fat now. No. I know it's the end of the world no. as we know it, no. but at that <laughs> moment it was so funny that he encapsulated it. Now he would always call me Mr. Miller. I'd say, Cook, what are you doing? I said, don't patronize me. You know, my job, I was sort of like Lou Gossett Jr., an officer and a gentleman. I was there to tear them a new one. They all sat in one little alcove. When I look back on the money and talent in that alcove, but they were all the new kids, we called them. It was Spade, Schneider, Rock, Sandler, and Farley. They all shared oh. this. There weren't <laughs> enough offices for them all, so they put them back in this little two-office corner, Wow! and they would all hang out there. And I would just go in and carve guy, hey, come on, go tear, the new ones, go tear the new kids a new asshole. <laughs> and we'd go in, and it was like hazing and stuff like that. But even then, you know, you look back on it, how many billions of those people's movies made. But they were all sweet. And none of this is acrimonious. It's just, right. you know, this whole thing about having bland experiences when you finally see something like that, I used to love it when the old guys would tear me a new one. I remember going to a Mexican restaurant on the Upper West Side one night with... Uh, uh billy murray and uh i couldn't believe it was bill murray first off that's boggling my <laughs> mind we go into this uh restaurant this mexican restaurant and i'm trying to act like a cool new york guy it's a little rainy outside so i've got this real big flouncy london fog raincoat on i've got it pulled up i've got the big cinched belt and i walk <laughs> in and there's like a table of eight oldsters like players jim downey i think michael donnie is there And billy says uh hey guys you know, McGruff, the crime dog? <laughs> <laughs> I was so mortified, but it was so, I look back on that. It's like when I first met Rickles. And uh, I remember he was on a show of mine, and I lean into him on the show, and I've never met him before. I go, hey, Don, how are, you? how are you? How's your life? How's your career? And you see him say something, and it makes me laugh uproariously because Rickles looks at me and goes, well, and I go, how's your career? He goes, I'm on this piece of shit, all right? <laughs> Uh, he never held back
0: for anybody. Uh, this is great. perfect.
2: Did I ever tell you the story about Kirk's birthday party? No. Oh, I don't, I don't want to get anybody in trouble. Sorry, folks, we live in times, but uh, Kirk... Uh, uh,
0: next hike, how's that? <laughs> I will tell you t- the next hike, but something. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But Rickles
2: said one of the funniest things. Did you ever hear the... Uh, there's two great stories about Rickles. One, everybody probably knows about uh, uh, him at the Brown Derby. He's at the Brown Derby. And when he's young and he's got hair, this is how long ago that is, Rickles is quite a player. You know, he's a, he mm-hmm. he gets around. <laughs> so uh, it's funny to think of those guys, but Bob Hope, those cats, all right. horn dogs. <laughs> so Rickles is with this beautiful girl. Sinatra walks into the Brown Derby. It's the biggest star in the world. Now Frank's on the fringe. Norman Fell and Joey Bishop have the slots in the Rat Pack as the comedic. but He's in the... He's in the ante room to the Rat Pack, and he knows all these guys, and he makes Frank laugh. So Rickles gets up, and he goes over, and he says to Frank, uh, hey, Frank, I'm with this young girl. She she doesn't believe I even know you. If you just come over and say something, hi, I think I can close. So (laughs) Frank uh, eats his dinner. He gets up. He walks all the way to the front door, gets his hat, and then makes a big, every eye in the place. It's Sinatra at his peak. Every eye in the place is on him. Uh he walks, he does the sort oh, gives the hat back, walks all the way back across the room up to Rickles' tables. He's sitting there with a the chick, and uh, he says, hey, Don. And Rickles looks up and goes, for Christ's sake, Frank, we're eating. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 then the
2: other Sinatra Rickles' story is when uh, Frank Jr. got kidnapped once up at the yeah. Calneva Lodge, finally that. got his kid back, Frank on a Tuesday or something, but he's at the Sands that weekend. He and the kids sit there for three days. They realize that while they love each other, he's got to get back to his, you know, he's Sinatra, so he flies in. Rickles comes over to introduce him. America loves Frank to begin with, and now they love him even more because they can think of him as a parent who has his Bambino back in the fold, you know, so it's a very emotional thing. Rickles brings him up, and... uh, (laughs) You know, uh, the crowd's dobbing their eyes, and it's like <laughs> just a love fest, and Rickles quiets the crowd. He's there. Hey, Frank, do you know why the kidnappers let the kid go? <laughs> <laughs> he says, no, because like, he started to sing in the
0: fucking trunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I love that story. Okay. Not
1: quite as good a uh, voice. <laughs> but,
0: but, but is that, would that be around today? They couldn't get by with that today. No.
2: Well, that's it. That, listen, uh, Don was the last guy who could walk the tightrope, couldn't he?
0: Right, yeah.
2: I saw Don say the most amazing things. No, it's too uptight. No, you know that. Uh, it's. Jeez, uh, who do I see getting it now? Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Fallon, one of the sweetest guys in the world, I guess, evidently, 20 years ago on SNL. He played Chris Rock, did a spot-on rock, but it was in blackface.
0: Right, they're, they're
2: trying to get a show canceled today. I was just talking to Leno about it before I came over here. They're after him. They want a show taken off the air. <laughs> you know what? You saw three levels of uh, the racial inequity in this country that, to me, clearly delineated the foe from the real. To go back and say that you're so devastated by a Chris Rock impression Jimmy Fallon did 20 years ago on SNL that you can't get out of bed is bullshit to me. Uh, People calling for his head. That seems like bullshit. Then there's that mid-level where that weird woman in New York, a black guy comes up there in the park, and I don't know if you saw that footage, and she calls the police, I've got an African-American guy who's threatening me, and Mm -hmm. that's like mid-level weird. And choking her dog, too, at the same time. And then you see the nightmare that is this black guy in Minneapolis who's a cop kneels on his neck for nine minutes. Right that's a sin uh, that, that, that they've got to investigate that oh, yeah. that has to be dealt with but i can't take jimmy fallon under the same heading as all that mm-hmm. obviously there's serious abuses in the world there are things that break your heart there are things indeed i refer to him as a sin certainly a crime why was that comp on that man's neck for nine minutes when he's saying i can't breathe that's yeah. got to be I don't know all the facts, but certainly that's got to be looked into. And if that guy uh, killed him, he's got to face the consequences. The thing in the middle is a coin flip. If you really want to go through the park and, you know, be an Mm -hmm. idiot enough to say that. And then the other guy's going to be put it in the press and all. I I don't have time in my day. The other thing is a trifle. Right. It's just that we live in a time where social media has made the innocuous the momentous. and. I can I don't have that much energy every day. Right. I need to save my energy so I can be devastated, indignant, and heartbroken that that man died yeah. uh, after nine minutes. I can't siphon it off because mm-hmm. Jimmy played his friend Chris twenty years ago. Right. Come on. Well, and it shows you how
1: lame it is because SNL is usually the one you know they're woke, kind of woke, they're liberal, they lean, and the, for them to think that they were doing something back then that was so bad, they weren't know, as
2: woke back then. No. You know, Lawrence. Listen, you've got to. Play the hand you're dealt. Mm-hmm. It's an uptight hand now. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure, Lauren, when they, you know, going to do Hillary, cl- make fun of Sarah Palin, but Hillary's a genius, I, mm-hmm. I guess he's, he's got to serve the, cr- the crew he has. Back when I was there, and I'm sure even more before I was there because everything sort of ebbs down and gets a little more PC, when I was there, it was just whoever's in power ridiculed him. Yeah, I didn't even have a big beef with Reagan, but he was president, and I woke up every Friday and thought, how do I tear that guy a new
1: one? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> seems yeah. like it's best when it's equal opportunity, when everyone's allowed to. You yeah, it know. isn't anymore, though. No.
2: This is mostly from the left. Yeah,
1: but you know what I mean? They're if you very can get up and about it. go at everybody, then that seems to be all right.
2: That doesn't get it anymore. No. You've got to go against. Uh, um, the, uh, the conservatives, you got to treat Trump. L- listen, I know Trump's rough around the edges. God, there are days I shake my head and go, Sh- shut up, what are you doing? But I'll tell you this about Trump. I think his outer voice is an entirely accurate depiction of his inner voice, as crazy as that can be. I don't think Joe Biden's inner voice and outer voice have ever even had a cup of coffee together.
0: <laughs> and that gets
2: tired after a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there are days I find Trump an authentic jerk. There are other days I find him an authentic, effective president. Uh, so he, my cup of tea is a guy. I don't hang with him. I don't need to hang with the president. I need the president to do some effective things, which I think he's done. I didn't, I never hated Barack Obama. I thought he was inept as a president. So this whole thing that you've got to love the guy who's in there and he's got to inspire you and I could care less. Mm. I get inspiration from my kids Uh, you know a few people in my life you throw an inspiration around like that that the president is somebody you're looking i don't get that man i've never gotten that from politicians to me politicians are guys who weren't good in the sport and never mastered an instrument and this was their last chance to get laid becoming a politician yeah hollywood for ugly people (laughs) exactly (laughs) i'd forgotten that but that's a great old aphorism yeah Yeah.
0: (laughs) so so is that affected you know when when you go out on stage now in front of a live audience. Are you, are you aware of, of your audience and who you're playing to?
2: Well, oh, most people come to see me know what I stand for. I'm a pragmatist. Right. I'm socially as liberal as anybody. But fiscally, I'd like to keep half my money. I don't trust radical Islam as far as I can throw it. Uh, I don't judge people. You know, uh, When somebody says somebody's Hitler-like, he better be Hitler or he's not Hitler to me. When they say Trump's Adolf Hitler, I go, what, what, what are you kidding me? Mm. I, that, that's so, I can't play that game and then they always catch you out where you'll, you'll say, Trump's Hitler. Are you, what do you mean by that? Right. Do you mean that you're afraid he's going to systematically liquidate six million of his fellow human beings? Then they always flip it on you and go, of course I didn't mean that. And I always want to say, well, what other personal peccadillo are you referring to here? Like the bad mustache or the shitty house painter reviews on Craigslist? What are you talking about?
0: Yeah, well... Uh, you know, we we, uh, we live in a time, and we're, we're locked up for 10 weeks now or so yeah. with, the, with this pandemic. and
2: The Shawshank uh, <laughs> pandemic. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about all this? The I think it's overblown up. a little, but I guess yeah. you got to be overblown. But right now, it seems a little silly to me. Up front, I would do the same thing. I would have said, I would have done exactly the same thing. I would have said, this isn't the end of the world. I've seen Fauci say it. I've seen a bunch of people. Trump said it. Uh, Then as it gets more serious, I'd say, it's getting more serious. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then as people start croaking, I'd say, wear a mask. Uh, Even if I'd said not wear a mask, you know, it just makes me laugh that anybody thinks it would have been any different whoever was in charge. These are the five stages of getting your head around something. Until it exists, it it hasn't existed, and you can't be officious about it. Then it starts to get worse. Then you start backtracking a little then eventually, to me, the only thing where it can change is how back do you, how quickly do you get back to business as usual. And to me, I'm at that point where I'm not going to be a ball buster and freak people out and go into a closed place without a mask on for a while. But even that, I don't want to wear a mask for the rest of my life. I can't do that. No. And uh, right now is not the time. I'd feel like I was pushing it, but I do want to go out. I would like to sit outside a restaurant, and I, I don't right. listen, man. Life's going to get you. And to me, it is Morgan Freeman at the end of the aforementioned Shawshank. Get busy living or get busy dying. I'm not looking to live forever. And uh, the only thing I put into it right now is I think, yeah, but there are people out there who are freaked out now. So don't be an idiot. Don't put them in the nervous zone by not having a mask. But other than that, it's time to start living again. Something's going to croak you
0: yeah nobody's gotten out of here alive yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's the great danny sugarman
2: the roadie for the doors wrote my favorite rock biographies nobody gets out alive right. and it's true
1: <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by better help life can be overwhelming and many people are burned out without even knowing it symptoms can include lack of motivation feeling helpless or trapped detachment fatigue and more I know I can get burnt out sometimes with all the hustle and bustle of the world today with work, family, and obligations. It's not fun to feel that way, and definitely need someone you can reach out to in times of need. We associate burnout with work, but that's not the only cause. Any of our roles in life can lead to feeling burned out, and BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. Talking with someone can help you figure out what's causing the stress in your life. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com Connors. That's BetterHelp.com slash Connors. What,
0: what um, uh, when, when you, when you hike... Or, yeah. or when you're by yourself what goes through your mind what do you...
2: I listen to p I do two hikes one's with you and we f- frab a jab like two old washerwomen I put hanging the wash out yeah, in the 50s <laughs> <laughs> and then the other hike when I'm alone I'm going on one this afternoon uh, I put uh, earphones on there's a great to me the f- the f- best of the british humorous and possibly the best ever pg woodhouse he wrote over eighty-five books. I listen to Woodhouse, and he makes me laugh. Books on tape. I, so
0: that's trying, trying, to to, I, that, yeah. trying to get him into that. Trying to get him some audio books. Give me some audio books too, because I'm, I'm sure. a, i I've I've gotten back into reading a yeah. little bit. Or we talked about. Yeah, you, you told know, me
2: you're into the Reacher
0: things. Yeah, okay. I love that, and and but it's it's hard for it's hard for me to read. It's hard for me to focus and to concentrate, and and so. Yeah, but Jimmy, uh,
2: don't you have something? Don't, uh,
0: don't you have a little of it? Uh, I mean, it's that's okay. It just takes me a while to get through it. Well, and, I'm just saying. And, and, and on audiobooks, I mean, it would be so much easier for me, you know, to do. And, and uh, so, I mean, with, with this pandemic, we've, we've talked about this. I, I've gotten into a lot of things, you know, and, and reading has been one of them. And, and uh, you know, to, to kind of get back into a, a flow, uh, normally it was outside, playing tennis, playing golf, uh, running my dogs, you know, hiking, doing something, you know. But now,
2: I bet was, you within three months after things are freed up, you'll be back to that.
0: No, I'm I'm looking actually looking forward to that. Listen, uh, man, know, we're, but, but it, it's been a <laughs> you know as much as I've hated going through all this and, and the consequences and everything, it's kind of set me back in a in, in a position of. of you know, number one, like you were saying, appreciating a lot of things that I have been lucky enough to have. And also getting back into a few other things, you know, doing this podcast with Brett, mm-hmm. you know, and being able to spend the time with him uh, and do this uh, has been great. You know, Patty, you know, you've got to remember, I mean, the, the two of us, I mean, you weren't just sitting at home all the time. You were on the road, you were, you know, going place to yeah, place. You were out yeah, permanently. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a, Uh, You know, later on in life for me, it's been a a great reconnect.
2: Yeah, because your marriage, uh, lucky for me too, but your marriage is so much fun for you. You always have great stories for me about how she makes you laugh. She's a cool dame. You know what I mean? It's like you're you're on a permanent date, so I can see why you'd spending. it. You know, yeah. when I heard we got a quarantine, I remember thinking, "Well, I'll be fine, Jimmy. will be fine. I dig being with my." Daughter. Yeah,
0: yeah. It, it's you know, I, I didn't. Our daughter uh, Aubrey lives down in Florida, so we have we haven't seen her for uh, over three months. Brett uh, lives just down in Santa Monica. Uh, you know, now just the last two weekends, we're lucky enough to see him. And mm. I know your kids have now come up too and spending some time with you. So. Uh, It's good for the moment, but I do feel
2: that old dogs revert to their hard drives. You can apply all the floppy disks you want. Uh, I'm never going to turn into a guy sitting at home reading. No. And uh, like all the time, I want to get back to going out. And listen, I'm not even a people person, but I... I miss the no. old days when I could watch the world move by me and criticize it. Right, <laughs> right.
0: I, I get now it's it. like I'm getting the same soft. Oh, no, yeah. What yeah, happened? Yeah, I'm You're not getting soft, like man. I now find myself
2: mourning the loss of people I've pronounced dead to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> When's our next hike? We got to talk about a few things. It'd be good. I think we got one tomorrow, oh, man. Yeah. For, we might
1: have to bring the mics out on the hike. Uh, Remember where all the good all, stuff is. We could do that. <laughs> we could
0: do it. Well, we we pass uh, uh you know uh, when we hike we pass a lot of people and and uh, you know some you know and and uh, you know some we don't but you know it's 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 been interesting you know when they look up and they see you you know we're we're hiking and you say hi good morning and they look up and they, and they they go to say hi and it's almost like they can't get the hi out of there because they're seeing you yeah oh, I mean I, know I Oh, I shouldn't call him Jimbo. Yeah, that's what. Okay. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's, that's okay. He's only put
2: the sword on like five shoulders for that call. <laughs> right. <laughs> who, are, who are those people? You're one
0: of them. That's right. Okay. thank you. Of made of you made I it. I made the <laughs> VIP club. <laughs> you know, but, but but it's it's interesting to see, uh, you know, a reaction to, you know, and you live in this town. Yeah, you know, but I know God,
2: Jimmy. People don't know. I, I'm I, honest to God. I'm... I'm not standoffish, I'm reticent. I, I I'm I'm not I, there's no ego about it. I'm shy with people. And I you know, I remember leaving a party one time, uh this is so funny to me. I kind of go to the parties because you're uh, when you're invited, I don't go to a lot, but when you're invited, you gotta go once in a while and just say thank you. You know, that somebody mm-hmm. uh, and I was there around fifteen minutes. I'm always looking for an opening to split early. And I go down to the car park and it's it's uh, Jeff Bridges is there. It's <laughs> the first time I meet Jeff, and I go, uh, "Brother, you got somewhere else to go." He's like, "No, oh, damn, I'm so nervous when I'm in there." He's Jeff Bridges, <laughs> right. for God's sake,
0: the dude. He's, the dude. <laughs> He's it's work
2: for me, brother. He's I'm so scared, you know, that I'm gonna. And I I'm sort of like that. It's work, uh, you know. And I don't mean work in a feigned way. That I gotta get. I like getting along with people. I'm just saying. I'm always feeling like I have to tell a joke
0: or something. Right or, on. Uh, on all yeah, the time. and it gives you a
2: headache after a while.
0: What, if you weren't doing this, what would you do? You, you, were, you commentated, you're you were a commentator for... Maybe a shrink, I don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I knew you for a while me. I wanted I, to you're be You were my shrink. shrink, you're right. Yeah. But uh, you mean occupationally or what? what yeah, I, you did commentary for the NFL for, yeah. for a couple of years. And well, listen,
2: people always go back to the NFL and they say, first off, it's a freak zone that I got hired. I, I had never been to a football game. I, I'd been to college football, but I, I live in Pittsburgh, man. you got to be on a waiting list to get into right. a Pittsburgh Steeler game. I'm not going down to 5.30 in the middle of the winter in Pittsburgh to get a Duffy Square ticket like you do with a the Broadway <laughs> theater. You remember you used to go stand at that tickets <laughs> joint? I'm not doing that. It, plus, they're all on TV at home, so I, I, I watch the Steelers a lot. But all of a sudden, um, I get this call. You want to audition for this? I go out. I remember I had a funny... I was making Al laugh a lot. We called this game on a big screen out in North Hollywood, and it was the, uh, there was a flea flicker in the game. And up to that point, we'd just been laughing our asses off, you know. and I thought, this is a lark, just have fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, they were on the 40-yard line. Let's say it's the Tennessee Titans are on the opposition's 40, maybe even the 30, and they run a flea flicker. And now I can see they're trying to see if I know anything about football. So Al says, what do you make of the call there, Dennis? And I say, well, you know, Al, if I'm going to run a flea flicker, I'm going to run it on the other side of midfield because the guy's got to escape. Even if they bite on the fake down here at the 30 to catch up to the guy, he's only got 20 yards before he runs out of bonds. So you kind of, you can get back there pretty quickly. It wasn't the most salient point, but at least looked like I was thinking right. that I said I would only run the flea flicker on the other side of the fifty. And I remember Al looking at me and giving me a thumbs up. Two days later, they call me. You want to do Monday Night Football? I'm thinking, well, this is going to be a tough. This, this might be a suicide run. Right. But I'm, I said, I'm willing to plan it on the carrier deck. But I remember thinking, it's such a secular world. You're the third guy in the booth. Mm. You've got to come in at the end with eight seconds. Al's the best who ever did it. Right. he's in the Hall of Fame. I remember, th- I, I did think about it for a second. And then I thought, oh, for God's sake, so it's Monday Night Football. You should go try that. And I got a call from Sports Illustrated. I don't know how many you have. What are you, like 10 in or something? But they said, do you want to be on the cover? And I said, no, I don't want to. I would not sit for the photo or do the interview. I said, uh, I'll look like a fool. I could suck at this. I don't want to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated. They took an old picture of me. It's a good me.
0: call, though. For them to call you like that was pretty... Uh, but I passed. Yeah. And I, no. I
2: got the best of both worlds. All of a sudden, I'm on it, and I feel ethical with myself. <laughs> Because I didn't, yeah, yeah, where do I show up? And, you know, I said, I might suck at this, pal. So my head was in the right place. Now, after two years when they uh, whacked me because Madden wanted the job, I remember when they called me to whack me. I, I remember thinking I wouldn't say this to him. I don't want to debase myself to that point. I would. I was thinking I, I would have whacked me too for Mad. For Christ's <laughs> sake, he's the best color man who ever did it. Al's right. the best play-by-play guy in my book. So, whoever did it. It's that's the way the world works. If I'm ever in L.A. on any given night and I want to do stand-up comedy and I go into the improv and John Mads on stage, they better haul his fat ass off too. That's <laughs> that's the way the world works, pal. So when it was time to take the bullet, I was like, G. Gordon. Liddy. what corner do you want me on when you take me out I don't want innocents getting hit in the crossfire but for two years it was a lark but I, I couldn't take it as seriously as right. some you know when they'd sit me in a room with a very nice North Turner and he spent four hours on a you know <laughs> right. off down tackle the play with a laser point i like Christ <laughs> this isn't the Kennedy assassin what are we doing here so uh, you know at uh, that part of it and looking back, I wouldn't hire a third person for that thing. Uh, Tony Romo's perfect. He's funny. He's uh, what? Up? He's got to be thirty-five to 40,000 yards in the show. He knows of what he speaks. He's oh. cool. And he does the same joke. When you're the third guy, man, like I said, you've got around four seconds there. And I even think they shortened the time in between plays from four to 45 to 40, something. And I think and now it's down to 35. It must be even harder. But you're jumping in at the end, and I remember I made a fatal mistake early on. I thought I should write a few jokes here, so I'd look over who's playing. That was deadly. But I, I don't, yeah, I at that point, you don't know what you're going to do in that booth, so you write a few jokes. And then when I'd say them, and they would sound uh, preconceived, and thus it didn't work. But it's very tough. You know, I look back, I try to give myself a pat on the back and say, It's tough to go into a booth never having been at a football game. You're doing Monday Night Football. Right. Yeah. Paul Tagley booth next to you. I'm standing, I'm usually in my undies on the couch <laughs> I'm standing there with Al and I hear dun-dun-dun-dun and I'm thinking what? this is so crazy I remember the first game we did a New England Patriot Hall of Fame game and uh, there was a cat named Kevin Falk who
0: mm-hmm. played
2: running mm-hmm. back for the Patriots scat back like a megat type uh, filled uh, filled all the they've always had a guy like that brown megat uh, and uh, him, and now they have another guy, I can't remember his name, the c- cat who caught the f- James White, I think. Yeah, all those times. So they always have that guy. So Al says to me on the air, he says, Megan had minor groin surgery in the off season. I said, "Al, anytime they're around my groin with a knife, it's not minor." <laughs> <laughs> the next day, just torn asunder. <laughs> I remember thinking, "I'm in trouble." I, I said, "That's how my mind works. Yeah, it's a comedian's like a good line. mind, right. you know." But the next day, you get idiots judging you like oh well that was
0: brother profane yeah but but uh, they made you feel comfortable though uh, oh ow
2: we laughed our asses off Fauci was a mensch man hanging with those two was beautiful I remember one time saying to Al uh uh, somebody had hurt their ankle, they were wrapping it on the sideline. I said, you know, Al, I haven't seen that much fabric used since the environmental artist Christo wrapped the Pont Neuf Bridge in Paris. You know, like real obscurity, just to get of the laugh. Right. I say that on the air, and Al hits his sneeze button, which cuts out his voice to the home viewer, and he looks at me in the booth and goes,
0: hey, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I hear Almayer down in the truck,
2: he fancies himself an artificial um. auto, and I actually hear him say, no, Al, Christo environmental artist solid <laughs> reference that's a solid <laughs> reference all right boys third and six let's get it uh,
0: uh, that's funny jeez you worked with uh, da, uh, don omar I, uh, you remember uh, old, he I was a wild man but when i got him he quit well. drinking but yeah. he was a wild man. Yeah. Well, yeah those
2: early days of us or of uh, monday night football was the wild wild west him and Shed 40
0: god it was crazy You've, you've, had a, you've had a colorful life, son. I mean, you know, the people that you've met, what you've done, and, and uh, you know, experiences like that that you never expected to have.
2: And, uh, and I'm fully, well, you know, it's one of the things we talk about. I am fully appreciative. But, yeah. You know, I mean, uh, I never thought you
0: could tell jokes, and, yeah, I've had the life of Raleigh. And, uh, but does humble hurt you now? Well, what do you mean? Well, you know, some, sometimes you can be too humble. Uh, no, I, know. Don't I, I don't so? even feel like it's accurate.
2: And a pretty good career. I didn't have the best career. I had a pretty good career. No, and I was always uh, no, no. I'm am serious, okay. Jim. This isn't fake, humble. I I I, I get a nice. Uh, listen, I I cut second on my way to third, and I was flying like Bobby Clemente. <laughs> but there are guys who park it, man. You know what I mean? Right. Stars will put two out of Dodger Stadium. I didn't do that. And so I look back on it. It's a good career. And I'm happy about it, but I don't have to feign humility. I never planted the flag, you know. I'm, 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 but I'm happy with my deal.
0: And, and now, uh, what are you looking forward to? What would you like to do Nothing. now? You, you're good now? Yeah, I'm good. You, anything
2: that comes is gravy. But I'm not chasing it. I'm never going to work five nights a week again on any sort of show. Like I said, I'm 66. God, I, you know, I know that's not ancient. say, Oh, quit hitting that. Are you neurotic? No, I'm not neurotic about it. I'm accurate about it. I always in my head work off of 85 if I got 85 it's clover you know in a world where men are getting 78 now and it's heading down to 77 I always think what's gravy 85 so what do I got I got 18 left let's say 365 days a year you're talking about 6,000 days how many do I want to be in a bad hotel room chasing another gig Right. I'd like to see some things. I'd like to get a little healthier uh, up in the mountains, walking around. I get a, a bliss when I hit the top of something. You know what I mean? I've done some things lately to blow my mind. I went to the Himalayas. I went to Antarctica. I,
0: I want to do some of that stuff. It's a traveler like you, Brett. Yeah, you love, I love that. Loves stuff. getting around. Brett loves to travel. Yeah, and- you
2: only get one pass through. I, I've done a lot of gigs. I haven't. I haven't even seen the Great Wall of China or the pyramids yet. I'd like to do that. Yeah. Although I don't know if China's at the top of my list right uh, now at
0: the moment. I think, so yeah. all I need us yeah, to go to over there
2: and have a little bat loaf. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> if you want my recipe for bat loaf, I use a nice panko crumb and a quail egg to bind. And here's the thing about bat loaf. Freeze it overnight. Bat loaf's always better on the second day.
1: You <laughs> might, might have to make that in Connor's kitchen next yeah, time. Huh? Yeah, it should be happy. over. <laughs> we'll make a little bat <laughs> loaf
2: and some guano mole. <laughs> <laughs> a
1: little combo kitchen
0: uh, uh, recipe. would be we're, good. We're going to have to get out plenty of vodka if we do that. Just, just start cooking you make with a that. killer. Uh, are
2: you still making those? Or was that your your friend made us uh, margaritas one night? I can't remember if it was your recipe or not. I had one margarita. It was so... That sounds like Christ, you. You could have docked your jet ski and it was so <laughs> deep.
0: <laughs> well, I'm not shy on the uh, alcohol. Next thing <laughs> I know,
2: I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, Jimmy looks like Betty Stova. Uh,
0: <laughs> 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 I, I, we're going to get through this, and, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not affra- ashamed to say it. You know, i uh, have having a few drinks. I mean, you know, how can you not? And... and um,
1: yeah, but you get up and work yeah, out and, get up, and hike, right. and you're your two and a half hours least of body fat of anybody your age. What yeah. are you? You my
2: age? or yeah. a little
0: older. I'm, 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 you right my age, right? You definitely, definitely earn two your two. Jimmy,
2: you must be still shy of ten percent body fat. Yeah, it's unbelievable.
0: I'm still in good shape, but I mean, eventually, I'm going to run into a few few friends after this and rehab. You know, and you know, just because because you know, it becomes a habit,
2: brother. You know, there are people hitting it right on the sack. You're hitting. Well, no, I'm not. If you want to do what you're doing, up to five five o'clock and have a margarita. <laughs> yeah, it's it's okay. not exactly yeah. Ray Milan in last
0: weekend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: Don't uh, be so hard on yourself. No, okay, I won't. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I, but I do have to get my exercise in today, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Haven't <laughs> you gone yet? No, I had an early morning... Um,
2: Oh, a dog uh, appointment. Jimmy's yeah, it, always working uh, something. Pup, yeah. p- my p- man p- loves keeping his mind. Yeah, huh?
0: I, I'm going. But it was uh, it was uh, animal day today. You know, to, uh, bogie needed his uh, haircut and uh, our Stevie, our cat. I thought he, Bogey
2: looked like looked fresh coming huh? on yeah. me, man. He looks smooth.
0: <laughs> needed to hit the vet. So I usually know.
2: I get out of the car and goes for my jugular. Today he stood up and kind of rubbed yeah, that he, paw back, yeah, like, yeah, like styling
0: like Steve McQueen
2: and Bullet or something. <laughs> <laughs> he had to
1: fix that product in his hair.
0: Yeah. <laughs> He got the haircut, no, but it's uh listen we we could talk to you all day, Dennis and, well, and I, I want know, to just
1: talk about how you like you guys started with radio right with your radio show, yeah. and then it
2: became like a podcast well, you know, I'm such a fan of Jimmy's, yeah. you know what I mean, and from afar, Jimmy can be intimidating, you know to end up growing as uh, as his friend because mm-hmm. you, you know from afar you look at and you go there's a tough motherfucker man when I used to watch Jimmy I used to think you have to kill this guy. And then when, you, when you're out with him and he tells you a story, he talks about regretfully giving a point up to Nuke and have a Nuke. You know, you hear all that stuff. I'm like a pig in slop, man. I yeah. love stuff like that. Yeah. I used to follow tennis when I was a kid. I'd always watch... It was Bud, who was great at it, but he'd have Donald Dell, and I was on the East Coast, and they'd do these Saturday and Sunday afternoon tournaments, and it was very, uh, listen, I dug it, and you saw some great tennis. I remember watching the Bagel Twins when they were kids, Eddie (laughs) Dibbs and Harold, and uh, I always loved tennis. And then all of a sudden, you're watching something new happen where I'm watching a cat who's a brawler, you know, and you're going to have to kill him. That's Mm -hmm. what I used to always think about Jimmy. I used to say, you might be just, you better be willing to spend five hours out there. You're gonna have to f- put a fucking bullet into him because he's not gonna quit on you. So, you know, to end up living as neighbors and end up being friends is great for me because I love tennis, mm. love the stories, and I get to pick his head about stuff. And, you know, it's cool.
1: Do you still follow the game now a little not bit? Not as
2: much. Um, I gotta admit, some of the niceties, uh, you know, put it this way. I liked it when the best in the world was fighting to, you know, survive in a way. You mm-hmm. could be the, I think you can be the 60th player in the world right now, probably knocking off high 100 grands, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, I mean, there's a little yeah. less desperation to it. I, uh, if you get to the quarters in any given tournament, you're doing okay, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I used to like it when there's around 10 guys who rule the world. Remember when they all show up on the world? They've all got different colored shirts on so when you're on Lamar's tour.
0: Right. Everybody's
2: got red and blue and green. there's like ten guys in the Star Chamber and everybody else is anonymous. I used to like that Thunderdome aspect where you'd have. Imagine you're like you're in the draw sixteen and you've got Rosewell. <laughs> you know, like Fred Stahl. You know, you're just thinking. These are the greatest, man. Yeah. So I don't know it as well as I used to. And I, I thought you started to see guys who would tank it a little earlier. Mm. I know, it, you know, when it's a 52-week-a-year season, I know it's not like the old. You don't get any time off. So yeah. I, I know guys can't push it every week. But when I think about my man, I, I think you threw down a 101 and 2 one year. Uh, maybe 100 wins and 2 losses or something. And I just yeah. think. 74 was pretty up. And you're flying in. The, you're not private. I imagine you're hustling it out to airports and jumping. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. uh, that's impressive stuff. I used to like it when it was a little more blood sport, I'll be honest. But everything's yeah. gotten a little nicer. But I always dug the blood sport aspect of it.
1: Yeah. when there was, Now there's so much money, it seems like everyone can kind of be friendly. Yeah,
2: you know? I wish I could have saw Poncho more. You know, I saw him a little at the end. remember him having to run somewhere mm. later in life big strapping, you know, bronze skin, silver-haired cat, salt and pepper, I remember saying, I wish I could have seen this cat this day. He must have been a beast.
0: Yeah, Pancho Gonzalez you're mm. talking yeah, about. Yeah, Pancho yes. Gonzalez.
2: But I started following it with uh, this year old man. That's when I started getting in the, the zone with it. And uh, I can remember so many of his matches that I can pick his brain, but I remember that day Manny Rantes was out of his mind. <laughs> Out of his fucking Where mind. was this? Uh, It
0: was at the Open. Yeah, he beat me in the finals of the oh, US Open. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got you. I got But he you. played. 75, you give it to give man. Nobody oh. gave him anything. He played beautiful oh, that yeah. day. I mean, because I wasn't playing badly. No, yeah, but know.
2: my man was hitting everything. Topspin, lobs, dropping him in. Just yep. uh, red zoning. And he could run all, you know, he had those tree trunk legs. So when I'm on a hike now and I can say, hey, <laughs> you know, pick out a match that I remember, yeah. uh, you know.
1: If you're like let's go an extra mile you might have to play a no, later no, no I don't
0: want to do that again I guarantee you
2: somewhere out there man he's still in the pyrenees doing seven a day yeah. you, know, you know those cats he, he
0: he never quit yeah we uh we, we came up you know uh like you uh you had so many you know great guys you came up with you know the same with the you know with my era of tennis and you know every era has their uh has their stars and their specials and and uh you know who's the greatest and all that and i heard a uh, uh, kind of an interesting uh, a clip from an interview that Gretzky said, and you know he says uh, about sports, and uh, I guess it was uh, because of the Jordan, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, Last uh, Dance, the Last Dance, and came out and said, "Listen, we, you know, all all athletes like to, you know, to talk about every business in every <laughs> era, uh, whether it's sports or comedy or whatever, and and sit around and and talk about." Who do you think was the greatest? Because it's an, impossible to to really say who was, but but it's it's fun to sit around and just yeah, gab about it, sure. you know, and you know why why this? How how come he wouldn't be as good as if?
1: Yeah, comparing you know, the eras, comparing the
0: eras, and sure. and in uh, anything, and you know, you look back and then how times have changed, and and uh, Brett watches more tennis, tennis really anybody, than anybody because yeah. he yeah. works uh, works for Tennis Channel and and uh, in production, and so he's you know, he sees a lot of tennis and how things have changed over the, the last number of years with, you know, the the equipment and the athletes themselves and, you know, their diet and the way they train and just everything. And it's it's kind of a... Uh, it's been fun to sit back and, and to, you know, kind of hear his uh, view of, uh, of tennis. In, well, listen, when's, so.
2: when's it go open? Late 60s? Was that 68. when tennis? 68, yeah. right. All right, where are we at now? 52 years later? Mm. In that 52 years the cat sitting across from me from this table has won the most tournaments and the most matches. Right. And that's 52 years of me watching the Mount Rushmore times five of tennis where you're watching 20 guys go across the sky thinking, my, I don't know if we'll ever see a comet like that again. And I know Federer's got – listen, I love Federer. I think he's you know unbelievably principled, ethical guy, a great player. All I can say is I'm just talking math here nobody's caught up to my man in match wins mm-hmm. or tournament wins. And I know I always – I don't bring that up to you anymore because you always do the shuffle and all that stuff and self-effacement. <laughs> you look down you be you do not have to say it. I'm saying it. That blows my mind, man. And until somebody passes you, they haven't passed you yet. It's good for you.
1: Yeah. Those are two pretty good records to have.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like I said, Jimmy's one of those cats where if number one was in play, you'd see him uh, – I used to love it when you'd see him in st- – guard where they didn't have plexiglass behind them, they'd have like fishnet. <laughs> yeah, you remember those tournaments yeah. where you'd be thinking, oh, yeah, <laughs> what
0: the hell is he doing?" You know, yeah. certain They're guys giving away and, a trophy, yeah.
1: might as well go try and win it.
0: But you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, you, I'm sure you chased it too when you were first starting and doing mm-hmm. whatever you could. You know, that was my. You talk about your life. I talk about mine. The same, you know. I, I was given something special that I love to do, and 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 there was nothing more fun than hopping on a plane and flying someplace. Uh, and and you know, and, and I and I want to give you. A, it's kind of corny, but but uh, the last uh, Rocky movie, Rocky Balboa, mm-hmm. when he goes in and he and he's been retired and he fights the uh, fights the champ, and and he and he says. He, he says down deep. He says uh, he says I've got something. He says sometimes I can't breathe, hmm. you know, because he because he misses it so much. And and I you know I sit there and I I heard that the first time and I rewound it and I heard it again and it's true, you know, because it it gets it's so in you that that you know when when it when all of a sudden you can't do it anymore, it's not that you don't want to, it's because you can't. You know, age takes over, something takes over that you don't don't. Uh, have the the same skills or the same whatever, but sometimes it's hard to breathe, you know, to that because I wake up and I say, "Geez, I, you know, right now it's it's the end of May. I should be at the French Open now, you yeah, know, the French Open." Heart should be hard yeah, set, yeah,
2: set, brother. Listen, there's how many billions of people have trod upon this planet. Got to be the man and what you yeah, dug for a while. It was
0: fun. Yeah, it, it, was a, <laughs> right. it was so much really, fun. For I got to grab myself while. and
2: slap myself once a while whenever I find myself wanting for anything. I go, what are you? Shut up! Right. For right. God's sakes, you hit the mother load, brother. I remember Lucky. you told me once you were in South America. This always makes me laugh. That uh, plus, I always loved the fact that it was like Glen Gary, Glen Ross with you. Coffees for closers, and you'd like to make a buck with Reardon. You were one of the first guys who started. Raking it in, but you told me once you were in Chile or something. Somebody fell out in either Reykjavik or Norway or something. Right. They said if you want to fly, in, and you split the court. You barely had time to shower on a plane. Sixteen hours. You're hitting balls again. I can't even remember Oslo. It was like the strangest that, commute that's right, ever.
0: That's right. You're right. It was. Uh, I was in, in Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo right. were playing a tournament and, and played uh played uh, some exhibitions down there and. And uh, somebody uh, uh, dropped out of a four-man exhibition. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you
2: and your guy, like Canton Flaws from around the world in eighty days, right? <laughs> yeah, Pass said, Pato, let's I, get to the airport. I, there's, I, a, <laughs> a, there's a Wonka ticket up yeah, in so Norway. He said, "Make me an. There's offer. a check. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I love that. It show. was so
0: much fun, though. I mean, it, it, to, to to do that, it, it, you know, I I miss that. I still do. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, uh, but. Uh, uh, it, it takes its toll. You know, the guys today, you know, they, they're flying their private jets and, you know, rightfully so because it takes so much pressure off of them and, and allows them to you know, to get there and to, to be prepared. Yeah. But man, oh man, there was nothing like, you know, I've, sometimes I felt like uh, OJ running through the airport, you know, hopping over suitcases <laughs> and people and, you know, to catch a flight, to go anywhere. That's a Hertz and, reference. That, that's a Hertz yeah. reference. Yeah. I think Hertz just filed for bankruptcy. Yeah, well, you <laughs> oh, <no>. know, <laughs> there you go. It, it There's a, the world we live <laughs> there in. There you go is right. Yep. But yeah, it was fun. Never, uh, never a dull moment in those days. But so, so tell, so tell me now uh, the rest of your day, today you're gonna to go for i'm a on hannity tonight i got a oh. good
2: solid five minutes gotta go home and write a couple biden jokes but i get a good joke about biden's been in the basement longer than the chick who got kidnapped in silence of the Lambs. so i'm gonna lead with that <laughs> <laughs> you heard it right here you heard it here nice we're gonna be early it's a nice opening no, no. foray yeah. uh, good one. Hey, i don't think biden gets it i saw him in a goalie mass the other day It's like <laughs> jerry cheevers when he played for the bruins he would put the stitch marks in where he Took a self-inflicted wound, so I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to go up in the hills, and when I w- hike up there, I, my mind gets clear. I'll write a couple Biden jokes. Come down, and then I got to shower, shave, and uh, then around six forty, I'll do Hannity. Then I'm going to come right off and make myself a nice uh, quarantini, mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's see, Sounds I don't know what good. I'll watch tonight. But I keep trying to get your old man to watch The Wire, and he won't do I it. Believe me. The Wire is a mind boggling. Yeah,
0: I'll, I'll get on it. Well, Five get, seasons, 60 episodes. It's loaded.
1: Sunday night on HBO used to be Sopranos, then The Wire for a couple of years. And I never
2: watched it then. I only watched The Wire in the last six months. It's, Jimmy, it's unbelievable. It's, yeah, it's, it's great. It's rough. Yeah. But I know you you god you think Ozark's a cartoon. So this will be <laughs>
1: Yeah, you'll like it. So good. It's, it's good. so good. And how would you get into podcasting? Do you want to talk about your podcast at all? Nah. nah no? It's
2: okay, everybody yeah. has one. There's, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. seven million, seven billion 7 billion people on the planet, 8 billion podcasts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, Everybody's got one. Got one, got one. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, we 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 could talk to you, like I said, Dennis. Yeah. We, we'd love it. I know you—you got other things to do, but uh, you know, you coming on and spending some. The time. The boys, with us thanks is. for
2: having me. Get me on that cooking with Connor's thing, and we'll do the bat loaf.
0: Yep, I'll, bat I'll loaf. Get, let's get, do it. Get, get that. <laughs> when this lets up, uh, well, we'll have a we'll have a little dinner, and I'll all all right, do some Tap it out. All right.
2: There we go. Thanks, thanks Dennis.
1: Thanks Later. for joining us. Well, that's all for today. Thanks for joining us. As always, you can check us out on our new platform, Cloud 10, as part of the iHeart Podcast Network. And you can check us out on social media. Jimmy's at Jimmy Connors on Twitter. I'm Brett underscore Connors. We're ADV Connors on Twitter and at Advantage Connors spelled out on Instagram. So share this. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think about the show. Tweet at us. And uh, we will be in touch and talk to you soon. Peace.